You're listening to What the History, a podcast where two nerds talk about some awesome, crazy, random stuff you probably don't remember learning about, but you're going to now. Hi, nerds. This is Sarah and Casey. We're back for another episode of What the History. And today we are going to be talking about the history of cats. Yes. I, I tell you that as a cat stares at me from the other side of my laptop. So he's excited so to cool. learn all about himself. He probably knows everything about himself. That's true. Cats know everything. They do. They do. I have to say, as a disclaimer, I am a dog person in every capacity, <laughs> and cats scare the shit out of me, and I mean that in the best possible way. I actually have even more of a reverence for cats after doing all of the research on them. Um, So just know that you are listening to an adamant cat person and an adamant not anti-cat person, but just like dog person. Dog person. I yeah, mean, exactly. the same. I'm not anti-dog. I just they don't need to be in my house. Right. Exactly. And for <laughs> me, that's the same thing. Like I've right. had really great interactions with cats, and so like I've always been mildly fascinated by them because they're just so different from dogs in so many ways. But honestly, I half of the shit I learned over the past week, I. I did not know. So yeah. I'm really stoked to get into that. Yeah. So um, we're going to just start off pretty general with defining cats. And as I say this, my dog just walks into the room. So please Uh-oh. give me three seconds. Pepper, you have to get out. Come on. <laughs> this isn't about you, Pepper. No, Pepper, you'll get a dog episode. <laughs> Literally, they have not bothered me all day. I'm not even going to take that out, I don't think. Okay. No, it's fine. Let's start over. Let's define a cat. So okay. a cat official, like an official name for a cat is the Felis catus, and they are part of the Felidae family. And it's the only domesticated species in that, I guess, family because there's okay. like family genus species. I don't know. I didn't get into Yeah, that. that whole King Arthur something. Yeah, too much. Um, So they're also called the domestic cat and they're called the domestic cat specifically to help distinguish them from the wild members of their family because they're all technically considered cats. So even a lion is a cat. It's just a big right. cat. Um, so there are three categories of cats. <laughs> I see what you did there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Um, I put that word cat in all caps in categories. So good. Which I didn't know there were three categories of cats, but here we are. Uh, so there is a house cat. Yep. A farm cat hmm. and a feral cat. And if you're Andrew Lloyd Webber... <laughs> There's a jellical cat. Well, here's and a great I wrote time. That joke in. Here's a great time for my first fun fact, which I have a fun <laughs> fact that is literally just cats is a bad musical. Oh my god, that is the most fun fact. I bet we lost half of our listeners right now. It's fine. I um I was like a theater kid and I was like a theater hipster and too cool for Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I did see the Cats movie and I'm still traumatized. You know, it's so funny because I didn't see the Cats movie because (laughs) I just couldn't like justify sitting through it. But I'm laughing because I was stupid enough to just type into Google Cats and think I was just going to get like information about Cats. But no, I got the 1.5 star review of the most recent film adaptation of Cats. So yeah. Okay. And also the second I, (laughs) this was also really weird. I was watching Superstore on Hulu and I was trying to like get to the channel and 
all of a sudden Thundercats just came up in my Hulu search and I was like, no, I've never watched this show before. So that's hilarious. Also, Superstore is the best. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Okay, so farm cats are also known as barn cats, and they're usually mixed breed cats who live mostly outside and can be mostly feral or completely feral. So I don't really know why there's such a distinction between them and feral cats, but whatever. Right. Farm cats may also have been the reason behind domestication in the first place, and we're actually going to get into that in a little bit about why cats were domesticated at all. Feral cats are unowned domestic cats who live entirely outdoors and avoid human contact at all costs. So props to them. Um, (laughs) I actually thought it was interesting because they really, they specifically mentioned that they are domestic cats, even though they are not actually domestic. Yeah. So they're technically domesticated cats, but they're not actually living in a domestic setting that makes Um, sense because like i have so just let's do background on my cats real quick oh yeah we got to because i should have done like a whole section of that clearly so i have two cats that live with me arlo and gus my little babies um but i was living with my mom until recently and she's had two cats for a while so those are like also my cats um and one of them was feral before we got her and so it's like she went from feral back to domesticated so i guess that makes sense that they have that like in them it's just a circumstantial thing yeah and i think too because like a domestic cat is different from a lion you know what i mean like it's a it's its own categorization oh my god I just <laughs> categorization of cats yeah <laughs> oh this is gonna be a bitch to edit i can't wait oh no it's gonna be good okay so um Feral cats tend to remain hidden. They do not like being handled or touched typically. And they are described as being, quote, aloof and active after dusk. And I thought that was like beautiful because I think I'd like to be described as being aloof and active. I'd actually like that on my tombstone. Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, wait, that's actually terrifying. Could you imagine (laughs) you walking through a cemetery and you're like, holy shit, what does this mean? It's after dusk. Yeah. Uh, Feral cats can actually be devastating to wildlife because they breed over generations and they can become the apex predator of wherever they live. So a city, a town, also a savanna was on that list. I didn't realize that a savanna was like such a huge place where you would find a lot of feral cats, but okay. Sure. And cats in general are valued by humans for companionship and their hunting abilities, which is what I think I find the most disturbing about cats. And (laughs) honestly, I watched my dog kill a rabbit one time and it was traumatizing. And that's like her nature. But like if a cat brought me any type of dead animal or partially dead animal or bug, I think I would lose my damn mind. I'm good with bugs. Bugs don't really freak me out. And I think it's sweet because cats basically think humans are giant stupid hairless cats like they don't understand you're not a cat and so they look at you and they're like you have no ability to hunt you can't do shit for yourself i need to bring you this bug because it's the only way you're gonna learn anything so it's like actually kind of sweet in a way they're like here like you can't hunt here's a bug my god um (laughs) stupid idiot eat this fucking grasshopper (laughs) right they're like this is what you do do you get it yet And so I think it's kind of sweet when they bring a bug. However, I'm terrified of lizards and I grew up in Florida. So if they bring a lizard, I have to move. Yeah. And are there lizards in Atlanta? Some, but not nearly as many. Like every once in a while, you'll get a little gecko. But in Florida, they're everywhere. Oh, there used to be a shit ton of geckos. I lived in Singapore as a kid. And there were so many geckos that there was one time, this is the most yeah. embarrassing thing. I can't believe I'm putting this on the podcast. I'm excited. Um, I was peeing. I was like eight. No, no, I was no, no, no. On no, the no. toilet peeing. 
and a gecko like ran out right in front of me and I screamed so loud. I literally just jumped off the toilet and ran like pants down into the other room screaming. I thought it was going to come out of the toilet, which is like my worst fear. Oh, God, no. Oh, my God. I I don't think I'd even be here. I literally remember like the first panic attack I ever had was when I was like 14 and there was a lizard in my bathroom and I like hid under the covers sobbing like I just can't deal. Yeah. Um, So that's a no. But bugs are fine. And um, my cats have never brought me a rodent, luckily. Okay. Have they brought you bugs? Oh, yeah. Like what kind of bugs? Like there there gotta be some big bugs. Like palmetto bugs? Do you do you have palmetto bugs? No, but I'm gonna Google them right now. They're large flying cockroaches. Oh nope. I literally just got chills down my whole body and I'm gonna throw up. Like I didn't know until I was older that cockroaches didn't fly. I just thought that was all of them. And are they dead when they bring them? Usually. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. This is literally this is why (laughs) I wrote in the notes. This is disturbing. Yeah, that doesn't awful. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, ew, and clean it up. But I'm always like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks. I do that when my dogs bring me toys because it's nice and they haven't yeah. actually killed anything. I mean, all right. That. So for cat anatomy, cat anatomy, cat anatomy, communication, cat anatomy. Uh, so for cat anatomy, <laughs> communication and biology, cats are similar to other members of the Felis genus. They have strong, flexible bodies. They have sharp teeth and scratchy tongues, which I actually really love, but also that terrifies me too. See, they have dog tongues freak claws. me out. Dog tongues? I'm dog like, why tongues? is this so soft? What's wrong it's with so it? Nice. It's like so nice. My one dog Pepper has like the cutest tongue and it's like always like lolling out of her mouth like she's an idiot and it's just Good. so cute. I'm just not used um, to how soft they are. Oh, it's so nice. But I like cat tongues. I don't know. This is getting weird. Yeah. Uh, they have retractable claws and night vision. So they're literally little killers. Um, they are a social species, but they are solitary hunters and they're most active as predators during dusk and dawn, which Again, gives me chills. Some ways that cats communicate are by meowing, purring, trilling, hissing, growling, and grunting. And body language is also an entirely different rabbit hole of cat communication that I could go down if I had the time or stamina. But we're actually going to kind of talk about body language in cats later on. So stay tuned for that because it does have a big part of their sort of progression through history, which is kind of cool. I have a couple fun cat anatomy facts as well. Yes. Um. So one thing, actually, you mentioned meowing and mm-hmm. like experts, cat experts, believe that like they only really meow with humans. Cats don't meow to talk to each other or to signal oh, anything to each other. It's like a thing they've developed to communicate with humans for the most part. There's a probably co- another thing like you're too stupid to understand what I'm actually saying. So I'm right. going to just break it down for you in this simple meow. Yeah. And there's like some exceptions, but it seems to be something they developed to get what they want from humans, which I think mm. is cute. Again, I assign way too many like human emotions to my cat. So they meow and I'm like, you love me. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I do the same thing with the dogs. So yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Also, I learned I did not know their noses have unique prints. So just like we have a fingerprint, their nose makes a little print. Oh, I think dogs are the same. It's actually like they're all completely unique, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I thought that was cute. And then the craziest one that I didn't know is all of a sudden the internet started telling me that boy cats are usually left pod and girl cats are right pod. And I didn't know they had like a dominant paw like humans do. Yeah, I didn't either. That's crazy. So like if you're swatting 
or you're playing with a boy cat and he's swatting, he's more likely to use his left paw. Yeah. And so now I'm going to start like watching my cats. They're both boys. So now I'm going to creepily like observe them when they play. But I haven't heard that. And it's left handedness is more common in male humans, too. Yeah. So there Mm -hmm. might I don't know why, but there's some correlation there. But I had no clue that cats had like a dominant paw. That's cool. I didn't either. That seems again highly advanced for these small little furry killing machines. Yes, we'll um we'll get to how they're aliens. Don't worry. Oh my god. Yes, I can't wait. Um, actually, Eric literally was like, "How are you going to do cat conspiracy theories?" And I was like, "Listen, Sarah could do fucking anything, and don't I worry. don't even know." I'm so excited. So I have three. Oh yes. Okay. So the etymology and naming of cats and i'm gonna go somewhere for a second so just (laughs) bear with me um so in old english the word for cat is cat with two t's (laughs) cat Cat, i think it's just cat yeah but i think so you know it's got two t's right late latin the term is catus which kept trying to change to cactus the entire time i was typing it Every single time. It was so frustrating. And they actually think that the word catus is derived from an Egyptian word for tomcat. Okay. But it can actually also be derived from different Afro-Asiatic languages. So, example, for example, in Nubian, the word for cat is kadiska. So, they think that the etymology over time that changed into that. There are other words for cat, such as puss, pussy, or pussy cat. All of those <laughs> words used to mean cat. Yep. All of them used to, not all of them do anymore. So I thought that was weird um, because they all come from somewhere. So these names in English actually can be derived from the Dutch word. I think it's like pose or poos. And then the low German word, which is pooskat. So if I need to just, I need to just come clean about this. I think that this section took me about 15 minutes to write (laughs) because I laughed the entire time. And I said pooskat like 16 times. And I was like, I can't wait to say that for other people to hear. (laughs) Pooskat. I feel like that sounds like, like a really, it could be a really good like German hard rock band or something completely different yep um male cats like i've mentioned are called tomcats or gibbs if they're neutered okay female cats are called queens if they're not spayed which i loved i thought that was so cool uh, a baby cat is called a kitten, but at one time was called a catling. And I love that. And I'm going to make a petition. Yeah, I think we should go back to calling kittens catlings. I agree. I thought it was so cute. I was like, why that did is. we ever stop? Yeah, catlings much better. Yes. And then a group of cats is called a clouder or a glaring. Or okay. if you're Andrew Lloyd Webber, a musical. And that's, no. I think, the only other cat's musical joke I have written in. Okay. <laughs> I already used mine. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing I thought was interesting is the Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus, who was one of the most important in terms of like naming or giving scientific names for different species and animals. He was actually the one that came up with the idea of the Felis catus for the domestic cat. And then the name was added on to by, (laughs) get ready for this, Johan Christian Polycarp Erxelben. Yep. Who, in 1777, wanted to add on the word domesticus to the term Felis Catus Domesticus because this man had four names. So why not just keep adding names to every other genus or, I don't know, scientific name out there? It's also Um, weird with cats because I feel like if you tell me you have a dog 
I ask what kind of dog. And that yes. means something to me, what you say sometimes. Yes. If you ask me what kind of cat <laughs> I have, I will say an orange one. So that's what's funny too is I, I actually realized after I did all the research, I never found like how many breeds of cats there are, but like there's a lot of them. And and there's actually, while there are definitely a lot of like mixed breeds out there, you actually have a harder time discerning what they're mixed with as compared yeah. to like dogs where you're like, oh, I can look at that dog and know it's part pit bull and part German Shepherd or something right. like that. Right, because cats don't range in like size and shape as much. It's like and color, so- fur, yeah. Yeah, and so even like my cat's one is an orange tabby so he's just like orange and cute you guys will see pictures don't worry oh yeah but the other one is he looks like mostly white but his edges are orange is kind of what are they brothers yes but he's like a siamese flame point or something so they're two different cats i don't mean they must i don't know so are they actual biological brothers we think so okay um they were rescued them they were Got rescues. It. So they came in yeah. on the same day, like from the same place. Okay. And they seem to have like be the same age, but we don't know okay. for sure. I tried to Google once and it did say like other cats can have cats that look Siamese. So it could just be that. But mm. it's all weird and like no one really knows. I'm just like, I don't know. I have an orange cat and a white cat. Oh, that's really cool, though. I like that you kind of don't know. Like, I feel like there are so many like specific names, but yeah. I think it kind of adds to the mystery of cats in general. Like, I don't right? Know what it's you just are. like, uh, yeah, you're. I don't like my mom has a black cat and a tabby. That's all. Yeah, that's the kind they yeah. are. Right. <laughs> I'm so glad that that's like you're a cat person, and you're like, I don't actually know because I am not a cat person, and I was like, none of this shit makes any sense. No, like, a pug there's... is a pug is a pug. You know, right. there's like a couple distinctive like like I know a Siamese I would know like a Maine Coon because those are the really big ones okay. or things like that but most domestic cats just a cat see but to me I think there are certain cats that are cuter than other cats I mean that's like true. some cats are just scary looking and I don't find them appealing like I mean they're still animals and I think they're beautiful but also like I don't know whereas I guess I'm the same with some dogs like there are definitely yeah. some dogs that I favor over others but like there are there's one cat actually I'll when I get to it I'll actually mention it and then if people are able to listen and google it at the same time you'll know exactly what I'm talking about okay, I might I'm even make you do this so. okay I'm excited okay so if you're sitting here wondering how the fuck are we going to talk about the history of cats that's a really great question we're going to focus mostly on the evolution and the domestication of cats and what cats looked like in different cultures so okay bear with me because we are going to do a little bit of like ancient time periods um because again we're talking about an animal that has been in our lives for literally thousands of years so how did it get there so the first domestication began about 10,000 to 12,000 years ago in the area known as the fertile crescent and if you are not a sixth grade uh, world history teacher, you're probably like, what the fuck's a fertile crescent? Great question. So that's ancient Mesopotamia. Again, you're still probably like, what the fuck does that mean? Ancient Mesopotamia is one of the first noted major civilizations in human history. So interestingly enough, dogs were actually the first of the normal house pets to be domesticated because dogs served an actual purpose for their time frame. They could be trained to hunt and protect while humans were nomadic and they were hunter-gatherers. But Mesopotamia is historically significant because it's the first time that people had finally abandoned nomadic lifestyles and actually settled into their typical you know, farm producing 
city building, civilization forming kind of selves. Mm -hmm. Um, So something called the agricultural revolution created a major surplus of grain and food storage, which was huge because this allowed human beings to focus on shit that wasn't just like we need to find food and survive. This is where you start to see the development of more complex trading systems and you see the development of like art and culture and government and things like that because now everyone's like, okay, well, we have food and water, so we're good. Now what? But the stored grain attracted rodents, which then attracted the Felis sylvestris libica or the Middle Eastern wildcat into this territory. So the Middle Eastern wildcat preyed on these rodents that were trying to eat the grain and they sort of stuck around the towns and villages because they started to steal people's garbage and eat the rodents. So this basically means that like the DNA evidence that they have suggests that cats actually lived like this for thousands of years in this sort of like mutually beneficial relationship before they were formally domesticated. So there's two different lineages that can be traced back. The first is the earlier ancestry of like domestic cats today that come from Southwest Asia into Europe. So starting around 4,400 BC. The second lineage comes from the African cats that dominated Egypt and sort of Mesopotamia. And that spread around the old world in 1500 BC. And there's sort of now this like blending of these two different lineages. I bring up, (laughs) there's so much here. I know. I bring up the African cat lineage because this lineage was more sociable and tame. And over the years, people favored these traits. And that's actually what eventually leads humans to Um, breed cats for those traits and also form a closer relationship with them that makes sense. does that make sense yeah Yeah. so cats once they kind of realize like oh shit the cats are eating the rodents this is really helpful for us um cats started to be carried along ancient land and sea routes even for prehistoric humans so that they could control the rodent population and protect whatever they were trading. And the first official recognition of cats being domestic pets is found in a burial site in Cyprus from the year 9500 BC. So I truly have no concept. Once you go back past like the 1600s, time Mm -hmm. just doesn't, I'm just like, I don't know, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like I I can't even conceptualize and I teach history. I mean, I don't teach history this far back, but yeah, even I'm like, wow, that was a really long time ago. It just (laughs) blurs at some point. Yeah. Like we've come such a long way. And then also I feel like we've gone back in so many ways. You know what I mean? It's like five steps forward and like seven steps back, I feel like. But yeah. So cats have had a pretty interesting significance in a couple different ancient religions. And I'll sort of talk about the ancient religions and then progress into more like modern day cats, I guess you could say. One of the most famous, I think, would be the relationship between Egyptians and cats. This is probably where a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I've seen stuff like this before. Yeah. So cats had social and religious representation in most of ancient Egyptian culture in a variety of ways. So the first notable sort of, I guess, involvement of a cat in Egyptian culture was Mm -hmm. the goddess named Mafdet. So Mafdet was a cat-headed deity, and she was one of the first known cat-like deities in ancient Egypt. I think over time, there's like three or four. Um, And she has the head of a leopard. So she is the protector of the pharaoh's chambers, and she's supposed to protect him from snakes, scorpions, and evil, which I thought was like a pretty good summary of 
what cats can probably protect pharaohs yeah, from. I think so. Um, I'm with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we see a couple different cat deities similar to that. But in addition to that, there was this sort of fashion forward movement where amulets with like depicting cat heads were like famous and fashionable. And it, it, they said the 21st century BC. So I don't actually know like what fucking year that is. I, I don't really know. Is that like ago. negative? 21 i don't know i guess i don't know i don't know like i straight up have no idea so maybe like the year 2100 bc i don't know time makes no sense um cats were also i read somewhere i don't know if this is true but cats were supposedly called muse or mouse because it was similar to the sound that a cat makes that checks out uh, which i thought was kind of cool and it was against the law to harm a cat and in some places it could actually result in death Good. Because cats were considered sacred. Yeah. I think it should still do that for animals. Yep, I'm fine with that. Um, no, no. There was a cat cemetery that was found with over 300,000 skeletal remains in Beni Hassan. And many times the animals were actually mummified alongside their owners. That's what I'll be but- doing. Oh, for sure. For sure. Eric makes a joke all the time. He's like, what if we just had both Stella and Pepper stuffed like taxidermied and then we keep them forever and I was like that's horrifying yeah there is one person um there was a cat named like Nikki and the owner was like I don't accept that my cat will die so they had it cloned which is kind of weird they spent like 50 grand to literally just like make an exact clone of their cat did it work I mean yeah and it was 50 grand yeah okay I gotta save up 100 grand then exactly I can just have Stella's and Pepper's for the rest of my life same Oh, that's horrifying. Also. Right? It's like weird. Like, I get it, but it's weird. Yeah, for but, sure. For I mean, sure. like, I get it, but I also can't relate because my cats are immortal. Yeah. I mean, I just, the concept of my dogs dying doesn't even seem to be no, like a real it's thing. Not. So. Ours are immortal. We're special. Thank you. Ooh, yes, absolutely. Um. Okay. So once the Romans took over Egypt as a province in 30 BC, they began to disassociate themselves from having such, like, I... I wrote heavy cat worship because that's, like um, I didn't know that's my drag name. Else. Yeah, heavy cat worship because I didn't know how else to say it. But basically the Romans wanted to squash out all kinds of like paganism and so they thought that worshiping cats was like a really big part of Egyptian paganism so they wanted to eradicate that. Okay. But what I thought was interesting is when ancient Rome takes over, cats are still extremely respected but they're just not revered in the same way so cats were brought along with roman armies which with the roman army i mean pretty much everywhere that they conquered and it was used in the army um or they were used in the army to protect food and equipment because the rats would often like eat or chew away at things like the leather and the leather straps of their armor and their weaponry so cats actually kept the rat population way down and protected them and because of that the idea of cats in general grew to be mascots and companions for Roman soldiers specifically. Um, So cats symbolized and embodied independence and freedom. And in some cases with ancient Roman religion, the goddess Libertas has a cat with her. And a lot of times that's how she's depicted. And the goddess Diana actually sometimes turns into a cat, which I thought was kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, So the next fun fact, or I guess like not really fun fact, fun area is ancient Japan. So I tried to span as much as I could because a lot of it can tend to be Eurocentric and I wanted Mm -hmm. to just ignore Europe for a little while. Same. Um, Especially because Europe is going to be totally different towards cats. Right. Uh, Not a shock. 
Um, so in ancient Japan, the first time we really see domesticated cats in the same capacity as in Rome and Egypt is in 500 AD. So now we're in, I guess, quote unquote, more normal time. So right. numbers that in, make sense. We're in AD right now. Exactly. So this might make more sense. Um, so in ancient Japan, cats had the same job as they did in other civilizations, but their job actually became even more sacred because cats were domesticated to protect the books written and preserved by the Buddhist monks. So the Buddhist monks and other members of Japanese society started to look at cats as protectors of rare books and knowledge, and they were therefore given additional praise and love in Japanese society. Cats also became symbolic for good luck and positive results in situations. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then I read this old legend and it made a lot of sense. So I'm going to kind of retell this old legend. So there was this great lord who was one day walking on a road. And as he's walking, he sees a cat with one paw raised as if he's like beckoning to him. So the cat is just sitting there staring at him and he's got the paw, his paw up and he's sort of moving it as if he's saying, yo, come here. So the Lord's like, what the hell is this? So he approaches the cat to get a better look. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? And at that exact moment, a lightning bolt strikes the spot where he had just been standing. Okay. So the Lord is like, oh, shit. This cat saves, like, saved my life. Oh, my God. Like, cats are amazing. So if I hadn't gone towards this cat, I would have been struck by lightning and died. So from then on, cats were seen as good luck. And they were seen as these sort of, like, charms, so to speak. Um, And actually, the beckoning cat gets its own name. So the cat is called the Maneki Neko, or, again, beckoning cat, And you can actually find this cat in front of pretty much every major business and shop and restaurant in Japan or in a lot of Asian cultures. Um, If you actually look at beckoning cat, you would find and you would see exactly what I'm talking about. It's that thing with the little waving arm. Yep. And it just sits there and the arm waves back and forth. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So that's the maneki neko. And then another fun like thing about Japanese um, sort of understanding or not necessarily worship of cats, but they have a few different cat shrines throughout their islands. And on one island, there is something called the Neko. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Neko Jinja. And it's on the island of Tashirojima. And on that island, fishermen believe if you study the behavior of cats on the island, you'll be able to predict the size of the catch of your fish for that day. Hmm. Which I thought was really cool. I wonder too, because I read a couple places that where Europe and America and like the Western world thinks black cats are bad luck. A lot of Eastern mm-hmm. countries actually see them as good luck. Yeah. And so I wonder if it ties back to this sort of like symbol of luck. I think so. Because what we're like about to get into is how cats in Europe are literally completely the opposite in every other than they are in every other culture. Yeah. Like, even though the Romans didn't, like, you know, revere them as, like, godlike, they still depicted them with gods and they still, Mm -hmm. you know, respected them and protected them and things like that. You know, they were, like, mascots to them. But in the case of Europe, it's going to be, like, totally different. The relationship is going to be pretty fucked up, actually. Cool, cool. Um, So it's going to get dark for just, like, a little bit of a segment. Sorry, everybody. I would definitely say this is way lighter, though, than some of the last couple uh, episodes we've been putting out there. (laughs) So we tried. We did. We did. So cats in Europe were pretty much demonized for 
like, mm, let's say 500, I'd say about a thousand years. Okay. Cat didn't have a super great relationship with people, or at least people didn't respect cats in the same way they did in other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, Europeans knew that there was something beneficial about having cats around. They recognized that they kept rodent populations down and protected like grain and stuff like that. But from about 476 to 1500 AD, cats were considered to be the signs of witchcraft, darkness, and the devil. Sounds and good to where me. did they get these ideas? The medieval Roman Catholic Church, which should not shock nope. anybody. So I've got this really long ass quote that I'm going to read because I think it sums everything up and then I'll kind of go into more specific details. But quote, religious bigots have often employed the cunning device of converting other people's heroes into villains to suit their own purposes. In this way, the ancient horned god that protected earlier cultures was first transformed into the evil devil of Christianity, and the revered sacred feline of ancient Egypt became the wicked sorcerer's cat of medieval Europe. Many things considered holy by a previous religious faith have automatically been damned by a new religion. In this way began the darkest chapter in the cat's long association with mankind. For uh, for centuries, it was persecuted, and the cruelties heaped upon it were given the full backing of the church. So, we're going to talk about some kind of fucked up stuff with what cats had to endure during the European Middle Ages. Yeah, so everyone, (laughs) just bear with me. It's it's really bad for a little bit, but I'm going to power through it. Cats were demonized by any type of pagan ritual, any faith, any value that they had previously had was completely gone cats were tortured and killed in order to ward off bad luck and also show your devotion to christ and the catholic church and they were actually condemned by the pope and massacred by the thousands by villages and towns all over europe um there was one instance that i i honestly could just not get into because it was so in-depth but it was literally like the pope put this decree out there that like all cats needed to be like mercilessly tortured and killed because they were the sign of the devil. Something else comes up, which is interesting. And this is kind of where I was getting before when I mentioned the what's uh, what is it called? Body language. Yes. When I mentioned the body language. Thank you. And this is something called a Leromancy. So a Leromancy is predicting the future by observing a cat's movements and behavior. So very similar to what I kind of said about the Japanese island. But in the Middle Ages, it started off as being a practice that was like, you'd watch how a cat moved and then you could predict the weather. Or like, you could predict that an unexpected guest would show up at your house. It wasn't some like Nostradamus shit where it was like, <laughs> XYZ is going to happen in this year or whatever. Okay. You know, it wasn't like global pandemic in 2020. It was like, yeah. it's going to rain tomorrow. So very different. But shit started to get really dark in Scotland in the 1500s when this technique turned into just straight up cat torture and also a way to manipulate the devil, which I've never read anything like this. This was so many kinds of fucked up. So people would capture and burn cats alive on a spit over an open flame. No. What they said would happen was the devil would show up because the cat would be screaming in pain, obviously, because it's literally dying the most agonizing death. And the devil supposedly would show up and like hear one of his own suffering. Cause again, devils and cats, same thing. Right. And the devil would basically plead for mercy for the cat. And then you could make a deal with a devil by saying, I want this to happen in the future. And the devil would be like, fine, I'll do it. Just leave my cat alone. And then they would kill the cat 
and granted the mercy that the devil asked for and that was that would be it then your future would be told and that was it i hate it so that's the worst thing i think i read um from this point on it's not going to get worse for cats it does get better for them okay i did also read something too where it said like the removal of cats from normal society and everyday life may have also contributed to the black plague which i thought was fucking karma because if you're gonna sit there and torture cats for a thousand years bitches are gonna die two-thirds of the population are gonna be killed so bye 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 mic drop on that one yep yeah, so that's the darkest it gets for cats. From here on out, my notes are called The Return of the Cat because it does get better for cats. So we're talking a little bit more modern ages now. So um, the only other thing that changes in the Middle Ages and into the Renaissance is that cats start to be associated as being familiars to witches. So while they were sort of connected with witches, they were never officially like, oh, they're the familiars of an extension of the witch they're just sort of companions but in the renaissance they start to take this sort of turn into being familiars to them but the protestant reformation is going to be a big turning point for cats believe it or not because people are starting to be freed of the corrupt roman catholic church meaning that you know people's minds are no longer being controlled by the medieval church and now they're starting to question a lot more of what the Roman Catholic Church says. So this period of questioning the church also allows people to start to feel more inspired and enlightened to learn, which is where we get what's called the Age of Enlightenment. So the Age of right. Enlightenment is a huge, huge thing. Everyone's learned about it at some point because you have stuff happening like the French Revolution, the American Revolution, you have this whole change in human spirit and science and understanding of the world. And cats become a symbol for cleanliness. And that's actually a huge part of the enlightenment. Like it's part of like keeping your body clean, keeping your mind clean. This is where that phrase like cleanliness next to godliness sort of comes in. Okay. Uh, because prior to that, like nobody really gave a shit because everybody was like filthy and gross anyway. But now there's going to start to be this increase in a middle class. And since the feudal system is gone and there's no more peasants and stuff like that, it's a lot more. Well, there are still peasants, but it's way it's different. different. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have people who are just answering to a lord and who are serfs for their entire life and generation after generation. You have people who can start to make money for themselves. There's capitalism, which, you know, is problematic um, now. Yep. But back then it was a little bit, you know, more freeing. Mm-hmm. Um So cats become a symbol for the royalty. They become companions to the upper class, the bourgeoisie, and intellectuals. See, that's interesting. That's interesting just because when I was looking up stuff about now, there's like a correlation. The more education you have, the more likely you are to own a cat over a dog. Oh, um, wow. Ouch, like, Sarah. Okay. Oh, I know. No, but I like, own two dogs, so fuck that. Just yeah, kidding. it's just like people with masters are more likely to have a cat than a dog, and it like goes down from there. And I read theories huh. that it just has to do with like if you're really busy out of the house, having a dog's not necessarily as practical yeah. and stuff like that. But it's interesting that that carries over from that long ago in some way. I definitely feel like that's because I, I also feel like because cats are more independent than dogs yeah are. i also think dogs have been bred to be less independent and like when we eventually do the history of dogs i'm sure we'll be like oh cool you know they used to like be wolves and hunting deer right. and now like pepper's laying on her back waiting for belly rub you know what i mean like right. it's very different but 
I think that this whole idea of intellect with a cat started to really come into play because you have like major figures who own cats. Right. So like my next like fact was that like Sir Isaac Newton, right? He had a cat in college named Cece and apparently mm-hmm. he invented the cat flap to help keep in the heat to keep like let Cece in and out of like the house, but also keep the heat inside the house so like the cat door already existed but it was just like a hole in your fucking door but he invented the flap where like cats could go in and out so you start to see like major people owning cats and people start to equate cats with intellectual ability and royalty even because my next person is queen victoria so some people aren't fully aware because nobody really gives a shit about history in a lot of ways like this Mm -hmm. but a lot of the reasons why society looked the way that it did in the Victorian period is literally because of Queen Victoria. I mean, and that that's makes not sense. just, yeah, that's not just her either. Like the Victorian era is in existence in America, in Europe. Basically, Queen Victoria was sort of the figurehead for society and like whatever she was doing everybody else wanted to do so i thought it was interesting because she grows super super interested in egyptian history after the discovery of the rosetta stone okay which opens up this whole new history and culture and understanding of ancient egyptian history and so she becomes super fascinated by this and when she starts to learn more about their, you know, relationship with cats and other creatures, she actually adopts two blue Persian cats and she becomes this breeder of show cats. And the press reports these interests and like everyone's reading about how Queen Victoria has these cats. And so cats became super popular. Uh, there's one example. This guy named Louis A. Godey wrote this book called Godey Ladies Book or Godey's Ladies Book. Which sure. basically was just like a book about like how to be a good lady, which is all kinds great. of fucked up. I'm sure but, it's great. Yeah. yeah, but they uh, they did hire, believe it or not, women writers. Um, and so in some cases, you saw people. There was one woman I was reading about. Uh, her name was Sarah Josepha Hale. She would write these pieces of the joy of owning cats, and people were like, "Oh, cats are fun to own. Like they're really X Y Z." Uh, Mark Twain did the same thing. He wrote and even lectured about the joy of owning a cat, which I thought was kind of cool. Bless. And so in the mid 1800s, we start to see this development of selective cat breeding. And I feel like at that time they were a little confused about like how smart cats were. Because one of the stories I have (laughs) is um, in like the the mid 1800s, I think like the 1860s or 70s, Mm -hmm. um, there was a town in Belgium and they quote unquote hired 37 grand cats to use as mailmen. Oh my god, what? And so they would like tie letter, they would tie a waterproof bag around the cat's neck and fill it with letters and like <laughs> send them off to deliver the mail, but it didn't work. Cats were not good at it because yeah, they sleep 2 thirds of the day. So it would be like one whole day for them to get a letter anywhere. There was one, it was literally like one cat got a letter to somebody in five hours, as if that was like like, impressive. Um, And so they quickly realized. What? Can cats be trained to do that kind of stuff? Seemingly no. I mean, I'm sure you could get like one cat to bring mail to like one particular house, right? If you were like, okay, in the morning, you come here and we give you food and then you go home because you know there's food there or whatever but not yeah. at any sort of scale, right. clearly. I, again, not that like I'm pitting dogs against cats, but I feel like 
dogs have been trained to do shit like that. Yeah, dogs, I think, would be better at it, if nothing else, because they don't sleep an average of 18 hours a day. And I think cats are just so much more free-spirited in that they're like, I'm yeah. going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if I don't, don't want to deliver this stupid fucking letter and take a nap for seven hours, I'm going to take a nap for seven yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. So it, like, didn't go well, and the cats were just, like, released to be little stray cats. Yeah. Um, but they did... At this time, they clearly, like, thought highly enough of cats that they were like, what if they delivered our mail? We could have a totally different world right. if that was the way that it was. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie my ballot to my cat's neck and I just send them out. Not in this election. <laughs> Maybe next time, but not in this one. Any other time, I'd be all for it, but Fair. not this year. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, yeah, I mean, cats pretty much just got this huge boost because of Queen Victoria. And then people started to anthropomorphize cats and other animals in advertisements. They started to give cats emotions, feelings, personalities, like shit that we do now, but definitely more on like a low key end because today we're fucking crazy. But back then it was a little bit more like cats and animals in general are a member of our families and people started to grow in this movement to protect them and their rights as living feeling beings which is where a lot of this understanding of cats as intelligent but also that like aloofness kind of comes into play right so the next little rabbit hole that i got myself down (laughs) was a term that i read called cat fancy I don't know what this is. What is this? So, (laughs) so I just immediately thought of um, your fancy man statement. I don't even remember what episode that was, but I was Um, like, it was fairy tales because I was too lazy to write about how the one guy was rich. So I just said he was a fancy man. Perfect. So that's literally what I thought of when I saw this word. So cat fancy is just cat breeding and cat showing, but it's actually called cat fancy and there are associations having to do with cat fancy so if you look at like on thanksgiving there's like the american kennel club or whatever yeah the dog show and whatever so the equivalent of that in the world is something called the cat fanciers association or the cfa so the cfa was founded in 1906 and it still exists today and it markets itself as a nonprofit organization that basically broke ties with the American Cat Association. And I couldn't find any beef as to why that happened. They just did. <laughs> and they produced the first stud book published in 1906. And it was basically like a list of all of these eligible tomcats that you could hook your queen up with and produce some really beautiful cat babies or catlings, as we're now going to say. Catlings, Yes. Officially. So by 1920, the Cat Fanciers Association had become one of the largest registry of pedigree cats in the world. And this is where I'm going to bring you to the Cat Fanciers website. So right okay. now, folks, if you are near a computer and you're not driving, please go to cfa.org. Okay. And please way. look at the cat that's on Aww. the cover of that page. That cat freaks me out like nothing else i love him. i literally was like why the fuck is this the cat that they're using to advertise this organization that is weird that it's the first one that comes up i feel like it's probably some super fancy breed we don't know anything about and it's like yeah pure... this is probably the winning cat right it's probably like a purebred blah 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 
Yeah. But it is funny looking, but I also love him. Yeah. So like then, of course, like I, I looked this up and I went down this like rabbit hole of like the top cats, you know, and how cute they were. And I was like, oh, cats are really cute. And some yeah. of them are like stunning. Like if you clicked on um, the one on the bottom right, it like has like this little like white cat and it's like so pretty. But then Aww. you scroll down and there's this one who is a Bombay male and he's this like stunning black cat. And I'm like, this is so cool. So the Cat Fanciers Association is a whole other rabbit hole you could get yourself into <laughs> for hours upon hours, as I did. I'm just um, looking for- at this and I'm like, my cats are cuter than all these cats. Yeah, for sure. Like, I like, I've always been a mutt person. Like, I like mixed breed dogs and mixed breed cats just way better. Like, not that I don't love a good, like, purebred whatever, but I just have always liked the mix yeah. of, like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, I think it makes for better personalities too. Yeah. So, but that's, you know, again, that's just me. I'm not a dog expert. Yeah, or most expert, of these cats but... look inbred. Yes. Yeah. So this organization has been around since 1906, but I actually saw something super weird as I kept digging because in 1958, the CFA business began and they established a headquarters in Red Bank, New Jersey, which is the town over from where I grew up, which I thought was absolutely oh. fucking crazy. Yeah. So in 1980, they built a 5,000 square foot facility in Manasquan, New Jersey, which, again, was close to where I grew up. Um, and then in July of 2011, they moved their headquarters over to Alliance, Ohio, and they have been there ever since. And that is where you... Um, can see all of these really cool you know they've got the new cfa companion cat world program uh, show vendors register your cats showing your companion cat featured breeds all things like this they seem to be like the big deal i don't i again i looked for their beef with the american cat association like oh i wonder why they parted ways i couldn't find anything though so i was super bummed about that that's sad i was hoping for something really like dramatic but so that's cat fancy and then, I mean, I have some more stuff on. <laughs> there's so much to do about cats, too. Like, I, I straight up was like, I wonder what I'm going to find. And now I'm like in this fucking like wormhole. <laughs> um, so I've got information about like 20th century cats and sort of them today. And then like cat culture, which is like a whole other breed <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> of uh, pun intended of what cats are to us sort of today and like what they've become. Cool. So I don't know if there are any things to th- I just threw literally like a thousand years of fucking cat history in everyone's face but <laughs> I loved it if you want I can come in um I can tell you about a few famous cats throughout history yes Let's yes do that. oh my god I can't wait so Abraham Lincoln actually was known to be like a cat guy and the first cat to live in the White House was his son's cat named Tabby and what I enjoyed about this. That's that, original. I Sorry. know. What I enjoyed is that Abraham Lincoln was known to feed him with a golden fork at dinners, like state dinners and shit. What? He would just like feed him with a fork, which is a mood. Oh, wait. So like, just like he'd have like a delegate from somewhere super important. And then he'd be like, hold on. I have to feed my cat Tabby with a gold fork. That's yep like there was um yeah it was very specifically like in front of their guests and it was um there was a thing his wife mary todd lincoln was like this is embarrassing please please stop 
And he said, like, if the gold fork was good enough for James Buchanan, it's good enough for Tabby. Wow. And so he was, like, all in. And he would say, like, his cats were smarter than his cabinet and all sorts of stuff like that. So That's crazy. Yeah. He was, like, the OG crazy cat lady. I actually have something to say about cat men. I, I, I'm just going to say it. Because, like, it. I was debating on whether or not I should. But, be, like, men with cats freak me out and i what? don't know why actually, i don't know i think it's okay if you have a cat with like your spouse or just like <laughs> but like dudes who have cats i don't know we will and discuss I'm that lose people on this no, but like, we'll discuss that in depth weird because one of okay. the like kind of conspiracy theories i have is not so much a conspiracy theory as something i read on tumblr once um but it's about Where all conspiracies go to die or be born but it's this, like larger theory about how like disliking cats is associated with misogyny we'll get to it okay well it's interesting too because there was like some stuff that i didn't get into because it's just again so much information but like cats were uh what is the word i'm looking for they were like catered to women yeah exactly like so there we'll... was like a whole movement to get into that so that yeah. makes a lot of sense okay all right yeah. so abraham lincoln abraham Tabby, lincoln very original cats. what a guy yeah okay. um there's also a cat named unsinkable sam and so this cat survived oh three separate God. shipwrecks what? So he was on a German battleship called the Bismarck in 1941 when the ship okay. sank. And the British Royal Navy that was nearby found him floating on a board. And so Aww. they took him in and they named him Oscar. And because he traveled around with the Navy, he survived two more shipwrecks and his name wow. was changed at some point. So no one's quite sure like who changed it, but it seems like probably he got passed on to some other people who didn't know his name was Oscar. Aww. Um, and then he went he to was the on a board, just like floating in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, oh. and then he survived two more, and then he went to the UK and lived out the rest of his life as a cat named Sam, the unsinkable Sam. Oh, oh my god, I love that so much. I know, oh. I loved him. Um, there was a cat who was the mayor of a small town in Alaska from 1997 to 2017. Wait, I'm sorry, the whole time he was mayor? Correct. So, he was like That's a an lo- old fucking cat. Was it 10 to 2007 or 2017? 17, so it was 20. Holy shit, that's, that's old. Cats live longer than dogs, so like 20 is like an average old age for a cat. Um, wow. The oldest cat, I think, was 38. Holy shit. I think I saw 37 or 38. But like 20 is about old end of average for a cat that like dies of old age and isn't sick. Okay. Um, But so this cat was a stray and a local of this small town took him in. And basically everyone didn't like the mayor and they didn't like their options. So for that election, they all wrote in Stubbs, which was this cat's name. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was the honorary mayor. So, like, technically the town had no official mayor, but he was treated as the honorary mayor for 20 years until he died in 2017. What if shit happened that they were like, we need a mayor? And then Stubbs is like, you know what, guys, I actually had a nap schedule, so I really can't <laughs> it make it to that meeting. It <laughs> like the town was so small that I don't think anything really happened. I mean, it was Alaska, right? So there could yeah, be, like, four people. Exactly. One of which is the owner of Stubbs. Exactly. So. Okay. That's Uh-oh. fucking crazy, though. I love it. I know. So then in 1963, as part of the sort of trend of sending animals to space, oh. France sent a cat named Felicette, Felicette to space. Um, and I mean, she she spent 15 minutes in flight. So 
she did she come back yes so she okay okay it was she was recovered alive after 15 minutes flying and a descent by parachute and during the flight they were recording her neural impulses to like send back to a station on earth so they could see what happened I'm going to guess she was either freaking the fuck out yep. or cool as a cucumber. Like, it was one or the other. Yeah, I didn't see much about, like, what they actually learned. And then I stopped reading because it was like they did it with another cat and it didn't end as well. So we will not be discussing that any further. Ooh. Um, But she was that. the first cat to go to space. <laughs> what an honor. Exactly. Like, I wonder if she goes around to her other cat friend. She's like, yeah, well, guess what? I've yeah, been in fucking space. I've been in space. So. so fuck you. I'm a real queen, bitch. <laughs> yep. And then this other one I found, I just, I don't know, I loved this cat. His name is Oscar. And they call him I the- I love that name. They call him the Grim Reaper. But it's- Oh my God. So he lives in a nursing home and like rehabilitation center. The staff took him in and, you know, take turns feeding him and all that at this home. He's lived there since 2005. And he's oh like no, a really, no, no. Sh- he's a really shy, aloof cat. He like doesn't want pets or come out really. But he will every once in a while, like, go to one of the, the residents' rooms. Oh, my God. I know what you're going to say. I'm freaking f- out. And find them and sit with them. And when he sits with someone, they usually die within a couple hours. So Holy he, like, shit. seems he somehow, like, knows who's close to death and will go sit with them and comfort them and just, like, cuddle and purr and be cute. And they, like, take that as a signal. Like, they're like, if Oscar goes into someone's room, we call their family. Oh my god! Oh my god! Do the do the people in the nursing home know? Like, are they yeah. like, "Fuck, Oscar's coming into my room"? Like, this yeah, is I don't it. know if the like the actual dying people know. It might depend on how like, yeah, clear minded like, they are. They are, yeah. Um, I'd so, lose my shit. I'd be like, "Oscar, get the fuck right." Out. I don't do want to see this guy to today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You never want to see him. Like that's right. the goal is to avoid Oscar at yeah. all. Costs. And they're like, you never see him otherwise. He's not normally cuddly. So if he like goes to see someone, then it's like, well, that's the end for them. I mean, I guess animals probably know. Yeah, like animals must be able to tell because I've seen the same thing about dogs with like mm-hmm. knowing when you know their owners are sick or even like when they're like expecting a child and they right. start acting super fucking weird. So I think animals definitely have like this higher plane of knowledge but yeah. or just like they can smell it they're like yep this one's going you know yeah, what I mean? they have so, to there's some way but so he's the yeah. grim reaper cat oh oscar and so that's my my smattering of um famous cats cattering my cattering <laughs> of, of famous cats who i thought were interesting outside of the ones that are like this cat was a meme or whatever i have um I mean, I found some interesting stuff in terms of 20th century cats. Nothing really changes too much with how cats are perceived up until like the discovery of the internet yep. and cats. Um, so a I like the term things. the discovery of the internet. Like someone <laughs> well, just I mean, stumbled upon it. I Christopher it Columbus like- <laughs> one day found the internet. I mean, like the internet was invented, yeah, but like I think somebody at one point discovered what you could do with the internet, and that's yeah. kind of how I envision that. That's true. Um, so World War One and World War Two, cats sort of have their own sort of uh, identity with soldiers in that they're actually companions in the trenches, and a lot of soldiers. Um, there are pictures of dogs and cats, but there are cats who are sort of like there to keep the soldiers company and they also help keep the rodent population down i don't know if they were deliberately brought in or if they were just like you know feral cats who ended up being not that feral and then hanging out with the trench the trenches or in the trenches yeah um in world war ii there were some like hero cats but i think it was actually just really similar to like who you were describing like unsinkable sam yeah um 
And it's funny you say that a British ship picked them up because up until 1975, British ships were legally required to carry a black cat on board as good luck, which I thought was weird as fucking hell. But I thought it was super cool because they're basically like good luck charms. But also it probably comes from this whole like keeping the ships free of rodents, right? right. Like how it was in like the 1500s. Um, it's like a correlation, not causation situation. Yes. Exactly, exactly. Um, And then the last part, really, of my research brought me to something called cat culture. So cat culture is when um, people wear clothing that identifies them as being a cat person or they use specific language to describe them as being a cat person. So I wrote down a few examples. Um, One example is possum instead of awesome. Uh, Some people participate in catter day instead of Saturday. Uh, and some people like to use the word meowvelous instead of marvelous. This just sounds um, like me in eighth grade. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I've literally been the only one making cat puns. So like, I don't even know where I stand at this point. In 2013, there was a Psychology Today article that said that people who identify or self-identify themselves as cat people typically have more distinct and unusual personalities than dog people. Which I wonder if that's changed because I feel like in the last 10 years, there's been this like really huge uptick of dogs. Yeah. Like I feel like there's been this whole shift in how people are like dog people. And maybe that's because I'm a dog owner now, but like I, I feel like there's always been like, oh, I'm a cat person or like the quote unquote crazy cat lady. Right. But like now people are like dog mom, you know, and I feel like it's just a very huge shift. And I wonder if that's because people are having less kids because kids are expensive and messy or like what's happening with that. So I feel like when we do the history of dogs, we'll get into that more. Yeah. Um, but in today's society, and especially in cat culture, you can find things such as cat festivals, cat cafes, cat bars, cat temples, cat islands, cat-centric activities, cat cruises, cat parties, and catopoly, which is monopoly. But instead of <laughs> buying po- property, you actually buy cats, which cat, actually sounds my, pretty great. My cats lived at a cat cafe before I got them. Really? That's where they came from was the local cat cafe. I love that. Is, did you meet them there? And then you were like, these are my cats. So or- I actually, the cat cafe here partners with like the local humane society. And so when mm-hmm. I knew I was moving, I looked on their website But it was like months before I was moving and I saw the cats I have now and I was like, oh, well, they're super cute. Like, they're not going to be here when I move, whatever. But then everything shut down. And so they weren't doing adoptions for months. And so once they opened back up, they were still there. And so I went in to meet them to make sure that we got along. But I like knew since I saw them on the Internet that they were my cats. And then they got to come home with me from the cat cafe. I love that so much. But it's nice because they're pretty friendly because they're used to people. So if someone comes over, you know, like the two times anyone's come over, um, they like (laughs) quarantine 2020, exactly. but they're like, they're not scared and like, don't hide the whole time or anything like that. Yeah, that's cool. See, I think that's why I've always liked dogs because they're more sociable. Yeah. Cats, they like, again, cats can fully exist without you. Like they don't need you in any capacity, truly, other than just like, you know, like petting their ego literally yeah. so like to me like i've always been super needy <laughs> like for me i'm like oh my god i need a dog see i think i'm time. needy so i'm like you can't also be needy only one yeah. of us in this relationship can be desperate yeah yeah i think me and my dogs are codependent yeah like we are just codependently needy um there's also something called cat con 
which is part expo, part symposium for cat lovers everywhere. Uh, there are different media sites called the Catnip Times and the Purrington Post. Yes, good. And there are some groups of people who like to live their lives out as cats, which well, I didn't really do too much research on because it kind of freaks me out. Yep. So, but there are like groups of of people, women specifically, but uh, who actually like to live their lives out the way cats do, like in like a house. Okay, so that's uh that's what I got for you today on the history of cats. Love um, it. Yeah, we covered a lot of shit in that very quick time span. Yes, <laughs> I have on internet cat culture. I did learn that actually, like the first cat video was filmed in 1894, um, and it was of two that we know of. It was two cats, like quote unquote, boxing in a little mini oh my boxing ring. And so obviously that. it wasn't widely distributed in the way things are with the internet now, but that's the first like popular cat video that people can choose. Was it a sil- one of those like silent films? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that's awesome. What was it? Do you know what the name of it was? I don't. I'm going to Google it. I wonder yeah. if it's on YouTube. <laughs> I saw like a picture of it, but I think it was yeah, 1894 Boxing Cats. Okay. 1894 Boxing it. Cats. I'm going to yeah. write that down. Okay. Yeah. Um, one other just fun, gross, weird fact is that the rarest coffee in the world comes from Indonesia. And it's oh this area where there's a wild cat called the, the Luwak and they live there. And what happens is that the, the Luwak eats coffee berries, <gasps> digests them, poops them no. out, and they then harvest <laughs> them and roast them to make like the world's rarest, most like delicacy coffee. Oh my god, that's cat poop coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what? I did. I did learn that. Ew. Yeah. I love it and hate it. Same. I was like, this is fascinating but gross. Um. So in terms of conspiracy theories, what I actually have is like one piece of cat lore, oh, one yes. general social theory, and then one actual like full on conspiracy theory. So okay. A piece of lore that I learned is that there's like an old theory that went around that the way cats came to be is that Noah was chilling on his ark with lions. Okay. And the ark, like all these boats we hear about, got infested with rodents, Mm -hmm. presumably because he brought two of each. I don't know. And they like multiplied. But there was too many. what they do. Yeah. There was like too many rodents on the boat and Noah prayed for a solution to the rodents. And then God told him to punch the lion in the face. No, there's no way that God said that. Are you kidding me? So he punched the lion in the face and it made the lion sneeze. And instead of snot, two cats came out. (laughs) I'm sorry. What? Is this in the Bible? No, it's like a theory. It's not like in the Bible. It's like Bible fan fiction. Oh my god, Bible fan fiction. That is unbelievable. But I saw this multiple places that was like the origin of cat lore was like a lion sneezed on Noah's Ark and two cats came out. And then like, imagine being the lion, being like, what the fuck? What just happened? Uh, Where did this come from? Exactly. Or like, don't punch me in the face. How did Noah even have an arm after that? Yeah, I was too busy sneezing out cats. This is what you have to do when you write fan fiction. You have to think of all of these things like exactly you be like mm, I yeah you gotta take it seriously really be, like legit yeah yeah <laughs> so that was just a fun um cat lore that i enjoyed yeah wow 
then there's also the, we'll call it a social theory, that cat haters are misogynists, basically. Um, The idea here is there's historically been an association between women and cats when you think of, like, witchcraft. Like, we talked Mm -hmm. about that was a very kind of sexist situation, like witch trials and all that. And so cats are associated with them. And then um, even if you think about, like, we were laughing at the word pussy earlier, but I don't know how that... I I don't know how that came to be known as, like, a term for a vagina, but it did. So there's some sort of correlation between like women and cats. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times when you hear people say like, why do they don't, why do they don't like cats? Why they don't (laughs) like cats is they say like, they're aloof. They're not, they don't pay me enough attention. They're not eager. They're independent. They're sneaky. But those are also a lot of the things people say about women, right? Like smile more or something. Oh yeah. And, and then you think of like, the crazy cat lady trope, right? That like, mm-hmm. oh, you're single and you're replacing men with cats is basically mm-hmm. what that is. Okay. Um, and so it's just sort of this interesting, I've seen it like float around the internet a few times idea that like the way society in general tends to idolize dogs over cats, it like associates more negative attributes to cats has to do with feminizing cats. Oh, now I feel shitty because I feel like I'm just playing into the fucking patriarchy okay. like you're I just, always am. You're just learning about oh. your internalized misogyny. I know. I have so much of it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. And I, I can even, like do. not like cats as much as dogs. And I'm like, fuck. But it's actually true. Like I because I was reading too with like women. Cats were advertised towards women because women stayed home. Cats exactly. Stayed They're home. more like domestic. They're quiet. And it's like seen but not heard kind of bullshit. And it was right. Like, whereas dogs were taken out hunting and they were messy and they were outside and yep. they were loud and like whatever so yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense actually yeah so that's just a a nice social theory um there and then i found one like true real life conspiracy theory which really just boils down to like someone doesn't understand cats like almost everything in it is very easy to debunk but (laughs) um there are people who believe that cats are spies sent by aliens so that each cat is essentially like a little camcorder that transmits information about humans to some sort of mothership wow um and then i i found a listing of basically all the reasonings people say this and then it debunked what it could and so like is this is this from tumblr um i believe reddit okay okay i was gonna guess that too yeah i believe reddit (laughs) um and so like the first thing we've already talked about it says the earliest records of cats all come from ancient egypt when they were believed to be gifts sent from the gods there are mm-hmm. records of cats prior to ancient Egypt. So you tried. Um, but it is sort of this idea like, oh, well, if they were gifts sent from gods, they came down from the sky, something like that. Okay. Um, but I also so they wrote, got the idea that cats were aliens because they came down from the sky because they were, quote unquote, came came from the gods. Exactly. Which is like not even totally accurate because they were gods in some cases. But okay. this is the basis of a lot of it. So we'll just go with that. Um, one of the other things was that purring is like not very well understood to scientists. So mm. we know why cats purr and we know a lot about like the frequency of it. But there's been a, a difficulty pinning down like the physical mechanism that they use to purr. Right. Because no other species really does it. And we can identify components of it. But again, it's the only time we see it is in cats. And so 
it's sort of outside of like the norm of the animal kingdom that we know of. And so that could be some form of, of communication that they have developed. Huh. My favorite on this list was if you pull a cat's ears back, it looks like an alien. Oh my God. (laughs) Like the general kind of gray alien. And literally (laughs) this article that was debunking all of them just said, this is true. I have no notes. Yeah. Did yeah. you do that to one of your cats? Because I probably would have been like, is it true? And then been like, holy shit. Yes, I did. Don't worry. Oh, my God. So the science checks out. Right. The science checks out there. There's also cats are known for having superior eyesight in a lot of ways compared to mm-hmm. humans and a lot of other species, which obviously is why they're basically camcorders. Right. Their sight is so good because they're filming everything and sending it back to space. So that explains their superior eyesight. And in addition, when cats are jumpy and they'll often like run out of the room for no reason or seem to react to something that a human can't hear or see, that's when they're getting a transmission from the mothership. And so they need privacy. So they have to leave the room and go talk to the mothership in private. That could be totally legit. Yeah, that one's real. Um, And then there's also this. They also do just run around like fucking crazy sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know what's happening. I gotta go. Yep. Wow. So that's when they're getting communication. <laughs> and it's at weird times of night, too. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that for a fact, but I've seen other people talk about it or post about it on Instagram. And I'm like, yo, my dogs go to bed and they don't fucking get up until it's like eight o'clock. Yeah, my cats are up all night. And then there's also the idea that cats have nine lives and this ability to survive that a lot of other species don't. Um, which, of course, could be alien if they can survive things we can't. And a lot of that's right. actually just down to, like, the cats always land on their feet thing. They have really good, like, spatial reasoning. And so they can land better, but it could also be because they're aliens. Right. Which is course. actually funny. Like, the way I always know I'm a cat person is I have a couple friends with really small dogs, like chihuahuas or something like that. And I'll pick them up, and I always forget that you can't just drop it. Like No, you can't. I, they don't know what to do. <laughs> right. But, like, if I'm holding my cat and I don't want to be holding my cat anymore, I literally just pull my hands back. Like, that's all. And the cat jumps and we're good. And I've a couple times done that to my friend's chihuahua. Like, I just drop it and it just, like, falls on the floor. Yeah. Well, it's (laughs) funny because, like, like, if I do that with one of the dogs, like, they actually just stay in whatever position I drop them in. Like, I'll do it, like, on the bed or the couch. Like, I don't actually just, like, drop them on the floor. I only dropped it on the floor once. Like, a baby. I only dropped it on the floor once. I learned that. They just lay there like, oh, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? Yeah, I'm just so not like... Whereas cats are like fluid. They're like, whoa, I gotta land on my feet kind of thing. Right, you literally just stop holding the cat and it's fine. It's on another surface and it's good. And uh, if you don't remember that dogs don't do that, sometimes you drop a chihuahua on the floor. That's fantastic. Um, But obviously this is a symbol of their like alien-ness is that, their alienosity, is that they survive things well. And you do get a lot of stories of like unsinkable Sam and cats surviving fires and all sorts of things like mm-hmm. that, that are unrealistic to ex- like think would happen. Right. Um, and so there's the idea that cats have nine lives. And so obviously all of these things about cats prove that they are spies sent by aliens to watch the human race and report back. I wonder if one day when we die, we're going to hear that they are actually spies. That'd be lit. Like, like, I wonder if death brings us, like, eternal knowledge and then we're like, holy shit, they were spies for aliens this whole time. Or when if aliens eventually take over, we're going to be like, what? The cats are going to be like, guys, we fucking told you. We had a whole Reddit chain about this and you completely ignored us. So <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Um. There was also someone was like, well, cats eat you if you die. So they're aliens, which I don't understand how that one makes them aliens. 
Right, because the dogs are aliens too. Right, I think basically they just don't like it, and therefore it made them an alien. Right. (laughs) So there, that's crazy. Yep. So that's what I learned about cats on the internet: a lion sneezed them out, and they're aliens. Wow. I mean, that's that's cats for you. I mean, there's there's pretty much nothing else. This, I mean, there's a whole thing about like the cats and the internet, which is again like it's a whole web and i don't i don't even mean to say that in like a punny way like they're literally are just like the internet has brought cats into this whole new kind of like spotlight like you have like mm-hmm. grumpy cat right like they grumpy cat. there's a lifetime movie about grumpy cat yeah well like they just the transmission of information obviously has increased so exponentially that like people have actually started to look at cats and I mean, not as much dogs, but mostly cats and other animals as like this like figurehead almost. Like yeah. again, you're putting emotions and you're anthropom whatever anthropomorphizing anthropomorphizing. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're just giving animals like human features, and yeah, I think it's just like I don't know. I think it's just you know, it's the next step of pets and cats in history. Yeah. I mean, I definitely assign um, way too many like human emotions to my cats. Yeah. And I'm convinced that like they hate me for certain things or like I leave and they don't know if I'm coming back and then they're sitting there thinking about this or that. And like, they're not, they're sleeping. But in my head, they're like fully formed little people with emotions and thoughts. Yeah. I, I mean, I do the same thing with, with my dogs is like, Eric and I have this thing where like we each, like both of us have voices for each dog. Oh yeah. My mom and I do and that with those cats. It's funny. Cause like there are times that I totally forget that they are not actually talking to yeah. me. Okay. So one time, so my mom's cats are Felix and Petunia and I Petunia is completely uninterested in like Felix being in her house. She's really right. jealous And so one time we had them both in the bed and my mom was talking for Petunia and like saying something mean about Felix, right? Like he should leave or whatever. And I just on instinct, like bopped her on the head and said, that's not nice. And my mom was like, you know, she didn't say that, right? Like to her, you just bopped her on the head for no reason. Mm -hmm. She didn't say Mm -hmm. that. And I was like, well, she was thinking it. That's yeah. I do the same thing with Pepper and Stella. We like pretend to like pit each other against them or like, I'll be like, Pepper, come here. And she'll ignore me. And Eric will be like, I don't like you. And I'll be like, I don't like you either. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. Okay. It's like reached like a whole new level of insanity. Yes. No, I do this exact same thing and like forget that they aren't talking. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's I've literally been like earlier Felix told me and then been like, wait, no, that's not how it yeah. happened. Yeah. And you're like, hold on. They didn't actually say anything. It's just me talking to myself again. Exactly. But, I mean, that's cats, folks. That's yeah. that's what I got for you. So yeah. thanks for uh, sticking this one out. I mean, we went all over the place with this one, I think. We did. But we, we did. We went deep into history. Yeah. And now you know yeah. why cats are what cats are today. Yeah. And hopefully you can now revere cats uh, the way the ancient Egyptians did, if you don't already. Yes. I, for one, definitely have a more, like, a better appreciation for cats now. That's good. And if Eric wasn't allergic, I probably would want to get one. That's also fair. Yeah. But yeah. He but can get shots for that. Now. You know, I thought about asking him. But... <laughs> 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 All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to What the History Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTHistoryPod. You're also welcome to email us at whatthehistorypodcast at gmail.com with topic suggestions or questions. Please subscribe to the podcast so that upcoming episodes show up in your feed and we will talk to you soon.